Welcome to Assorted Conversations. The podcast with everyday people sharing stories of following their passions as they pursue happiness. Hey, Helen. Hey, Maureen. I want to welcome back anybody that's joining us for another episode of Assorted Conversations and say a warm welcome to anybody that's discovering us for the first time. How are you? Doing pretty good. That's good. What's going on? You know, just hanging out, thinking about what I might watch next. All those movies out there now. When you were young, Helen, what was the first movie you ever watched? First movie? Mm, I'm I'm pretty sure it was The Sound of Music. Could have been Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, but I'm pr- I think it may have been The Sound of Music. Those are classics. Yeah. Or The Wizard of Oz. Like I don't really know what the first one was, but I think the the one that sticks out to me most is The Sound of Music because um because of the music. I I just loved mm. the singing kids and and the puppet show. Um and my parents had the album and they would play it. So I think probably Sound of Music was was the first film or one of the first films that I saw that that kind of had a lasting impression on me. Oh, I loved the sound of music as a kid. That was that was one of my first films and Mary Poppins. I don't know, there was something magical about them. They both had singing. I think you're right, it's the singing. Yeah. And yeah. and they were easy to sing along with. Yeah. Definitely. They, Sound of Music taught you to sing with the Do-Re-Mi. So that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and to sew. And to make clothes out of curtains. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I know. Probably where my first crafting thoughts came from. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I, You know what? The thing that was the coolest was bringing Connor for his first movie. When I brought him to his first movie, he was maybe four or five. And his feet couldn't even touch the ground. And he was sitting on the very edge of his seat watching Disney's Aladdin. Aha. Uh-huh. The genie was brilliant. Robin Williams is the genie. Had that kid mesmerized. His mouth hung open and his eyes never blinked. I loved it. It was the coolest thing to watch to see him so captured by the magic of it all. Oh, cool. To be perfectly honest, he was my key to going to every Disney movie for years. Because <laughs> you need a kid. You need a kid to drag with you. Otherwise, it looks creepy. That is so true. Right? So true. Along the lines of this week's guest, um, she became very enthralled with, with film at a young age. And oddly, or not oddly enough, it was an animated Disney film as well. Right. So take a listen to this week's conversation and we'll see you on the other side. This week's guest found her favorite art form in film and cinema. She then launched a film website in order to connect with others who shared the same passion, assembled a team of contributing writers, and together they share insights, essays, and reviews of all things cinema. In addition, this 17-year-old made her directorial debut in early 2021 with the music video for the song, The End of Us. I am so excited to welcome Rua Faye to Assorted Conversations. Welcome, Rua. Hello. Happy to be here. 
Oh, thanks for being with us. Yeah, thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me. Rua, you have started your journey at a very early age, which is impressive. And what I want to know is, how did your interest in film and cinema start? Um, So there are probably two answers to that. First of all, I... The f- I can remember being obsessed with movies very, very early, very early on. A few months after I was born, The Incredibles came out, and I had dash pajamas, and I was obsessed with it. And I was Mister Incredible two years in a row for Halloween, not Mrs. Oh, that's the great Mister Incredible, yeah, not even Mrs. <laughs> and right. um, I guess in terms of the filmmaking aspect, I it started making those little iMovie trailers with kids in the backyard when I was like eight years old. Like honestly, just as simple as that. And my mom one day brought up the idea of film school and I don't know. it. I don't think she could have expected it to stick as much as it did. Right. She, she, she opened that door and you're like, yes, I will walk right through. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because I know you have certain genres that you really enjoy. What was the first genre that you said, oh, I really, I like this? I remember um, after The Incredibles, I remember my first like non-animated movie that I was ever truly obsessed with was Baz Luhrmann's Moulin Rouge. And um, I actually like one day want to get like a tattoo of um, the elephant, not only as a tribute to my mom, whose favorite animal is an elephant, but it's also the uh, movie that got me into musicals. And just musicals have always been like a huge part of my life. I'm a theater kid, but that opened up this like weird, quirky, artsy <laughs> type of film to me that I just love so much, even to this day. Right. My recollection of that film was that it had like such great cinematography, like everything was so colorful. <laughs> It's a visual assault, <laughs> but yeah, like it, you're just trying to keep up with it. Yeah. I was like nine and I was like pretty colors and you were loving it as a little kid. <laughs> nine. I was living, like, I found it when I was nine years old and I was like, Nicole Kidman's so pretty and I love the colors. <laughs> <laughs> right. It was like a circus for the eyes. Pretty much. So Rua, did you get involved like w- with drama in school or acting? How did you try and work your passion into your everyday life? I mean, I was always a very theatrical kid. I remember my I would always make like little stupid videos on my um, family computer's photo booth. But um, uh, what really like nurtured my love of theater because I don't I didn't grow up in a very artistic family. Both my parents are. Um, you know, medicine and law. So not what I want to do. But um, we did have this family friend named John Savage <laughs> who would regularly design shows at the Boston Opera House. You know, he would take me to shows he directed. I remember I saw Dialogue of the Carmelites, War Horse, Assassins. And yeah, that's really just what got me into theater. I, literally, I still remember like those performances way too well. Really? <laughs> Huge impact on you. Yeah, pretty much. How is the film experience different for you? I think theater, it's it's like you're being swept up. If it's if it's a great musical or a great production, you're being swept up in the story. Compare theater to how that translated into your love of film. Um, so theater and film are pretty much <laughs> one and the same at a certain point. I love the 
intricacy of it. I love the, just like the theatricality and the drama. Um, I feel like when it comes to film and theater, my, my favorite things to do are different. When I do theater, I want to be on stage and I want to be told what to do, what I'm doing wrong and how to fix it. Whereas in film, I want to be the one telling people what they're doing right and wrong. So I pretty much want to be in charge in film and um, I'll take direction when it comes to theater. Oh, oh all right. That's an interesting perspective that you like both sides of the coin, but in the different venues. So how do you take what you know as an actor in theater and translate that to directing in film? Oh, well, they have you know, so many things in common, but you are seeing them from different points of view. Like when you're an actor, you don't really take into account the lighting design or the tech crew or paint or set design or whatever. Um, but when you go from being a director to an actor or vice versa, you really do gain an appreciation for the behind the scenes stuff. And um, I feel like a lot of people who are, are just solely cast members, whether it's in regional theater, professional theater, or, you know, school theater, um, I think they owe it to, you know, their fellow crewmates to just learn what their experience is like. I feel like everyone who's interested in either should try the other one at least once. It's like how I always said in theater, everyone who's in cast should be in a tech crew at least once in their life. So they know how it is. I totally agree with that to, to understand each side of it. It may, it just makes you a better teammate regardless of, of where your final role is going to be. You have recently accomplished a ton of stuff um, with launching the film website. Tell us about that. What sparked your, your interest in doing that? And, and how did you connect with the folks who are your contributing writers? Um, well, uh, me and a friend had been using this app called Letterboxd for a while to write reviews for movies we liked. And it's basically like an Instagram account for people who like movies. And um uh, most people do joke reviews, but I was like the one person that would do like serious paragraph reviews, which never got any attention because no one goes on to read. So I wanted to have, you know, my own platform that's more centralized, I guess, more organized. That's not just like a random um, profile on a social media site, but one that is mine. And the writers um, have fluctuated quite a bit much since the website's um, conception. At first, it was myself, a friend, and another friend. I just needed some names, some bodies, some content. Right. They just had an interest the same as you. N not really. <laughs> not really. Um, maybe maybe one, one did, but I just needed people on the site. <laughs> um, since then... Um, about four out of the five original writers since then I've quit. And, um, I have gotten writers that have reached out to me. I have this wonderful writer named Danny Jarabek who goes to the university of Pennsylvania. He's an architecture major and he reached out to me. He's like, I want to be on your website. I'm like, you understand I can't pay you. Right. He's like, I don't care. I just like writing. I was like, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, this other guy, Zachary Zanata from Toronto, um, I've, I've liked his work on Letterboxd for so long. It feels good to be in a position where the writers other than me actually take the time and, and like what they're doing and are just doing it out of obligation because I don't, 
normally ask them to write something, they will just say like, hi, here it is. And I'll be like, thank you so much. And it feels a lot better than it used to be where I was pretty much begging people for an article. So they contribute just at, at their own pace and just on the things that they really enjoy. Yeah, pretty much. There's actually like a spot on the website um, where I edit. It shows you posts per person and it's all like two, one, three, four. And then mine's like 36. (laughs) (laughs) I clearly have the most time for it. Um, But yeah, other than that, I I always love when someone else um, comes up with something and I get to publish it. It's just, you know, a nice feeling to know that these people care about as much as I do. I have to say in reading the articles on your site, they're very in depth. And Mm -hmm. you can tell because you state how many movies you've watched, (laughs) (laughs) which is well over 2000. But the thing is, is that you have such a good memory for how they compare and contrast. And you put that all into your writing. It's you do like a great analysis, as well as just what your enjoyment is. You're very honest in your reviews. I'm not normally someone to read film reviews. And now I have Mm -hmm. like a couple films that I'm going... Oh, I'm going to have to watch that, <laughs> you know, like just based on your review. There were a couple of your lists that I, I jotted two or three of them down that just by what you wrote about made me want to watch them. And they are, are films I knew of and never really had a desire to watch until I, I kind of read um, your ranking and your your description of it and, you know, what was great about it. Awesome. I have to say, I appreciate, I think you had a list of 17 of the oh, yeah. <laughs> like most horrifying, like you don't want to watch. Yes. And yeah. I'm going to appreciate you for that list, Rua, because <laughs> I've watched one of those movies, not going to watch any of the rest. Which one? Did you watch it after you read the list or had you seen it? I had seen it prior. Guess which one, Rua? Kids. No. Hereditary. Oh. No. A Clockwork Orange. Clockwork Orange. Oh, that's my favorite movie of all time. Well, and the thing is, I have a weird fascination with it, right? Like, it's a weirdly fascinating movie. But here's the bizarre thing. The way I saw it, I was in my 20s at, like, a co-worker's home for a, like, holiday party. And he had it playing. That is not something I would play. That's kind of bizarre, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't think I would have chosen this for the holiday party. It was bizarre. (laughs) So here's something else that I was fascinated with on your site and everybody in your team contributes is that you have, um, you recognize certain things uh, in a month and typically they're marginalized communities and everybody contributes to that. How did you come up with that idea? Um, over the past year, I've just gotten a lot more awareness about stuff like that and underrepresentation. And um, I wanted to, you know, use my platform as much as I could as a film website. And um, there are so many movies that are just underappreciated from marginalized groups, I thought. I definitely think some lists have been better than others. <laughs> but um, overall, I'm just happy with what we're doing. So that's something you're, you're looking to expand to see people who have um, kind of a broader depth and breadth of cinema and what they like to watch. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, I didn't want my website to be just like BuzzFeed. I remember I had this writer mm-hmm. um, who ended up doing one article and then left a month later. I mean, before I was getting articles that were like my top five favorite scenes in Twilight. And now um, just the other day, I published this article by um, Zach where he writes about like the seven hour Hungarian film called Satin Tango, which is supposed to be like the longest commercial film ever made. And it's really interesting. And um, just like the way he writes and the way he talks about film is so much more what I was going for. Right. Uh, I'm just really grateful for my current team of writers. How did you get to your current team of writers or how did they get to you? Um, I have met one out of my other four my friend Cade, who I direct the video for. Um, the others reach out to me on Instagram because uh, they saw a post I made saying I need new writers and they come up to me. I reviewed their stuff. They wrote something, did a Zoom interview, and I just love their stuff. So, you know. Oh, great. Are you looking to have people who are particularly good at certain genres? Um, not certain genres. I mostly look for, because I know everyone has um, different strengths when it comes to different genres. Um, what what I just look for is someone who is just really wants, just really wants it and is really passionate about what they're writing about. I'd rather have someone who's an okay writer, but loves what they're writing about rather than someone who's a good writer, but is doing a blah article, you know? So they don't have to be technically good in the grammar and spelling area because you do the editing and you do the proofreading on that. Well, of course I'd like them to be technically good at some point. I mean, of course I need to be like a decent writer, but um, yeah, I'd I'd much rather have someone who's authentic and passionate about what they do. How have you used this as a launching point for yourself? Um, I never intended it for it to be a launching point. I really just intended for it to be a medium for myself and, it, I actually wanted it to be a personal website at first, and then, um, and then I figured it's going to be so much easier if I have other people, and I think it'd be a nice opportunity for other people to have a platform like this. It sets me apart from a lot of people. I don't know anyone else my age who has a film website, so it just it's a huge confidence booster. Really, people take me a lot more seriously. So I'm happy with where it's at. I didn't expect it to be a launch point, and I don't care if it ever becomes one. I'm just really happy that I have it. Who would you say has given you feedback on it that you're most surprised by or most pleased to get feedback from? Um, Friends of John Waters. <laughs> really? Yeah, that was pretty cool. I, th- yeah, that is something I want to talk about. Yeah, that meant a lot. Like this gay couple from Baltimore, they're literally like the two most successful people I know. One literally works in the Pentagon. And I'm like, so you're like smart, smart. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it feels good when people who have that kind of um intelligence look oh, at yeah. you and go i really like the work you're doing yeah. that's awesome and now if you directed a music video talk to us a little bit about how that whole um directing opportunity popped up so of course i've wanted to direct ever since i had the ability to pick up a camera <laughs> but um, it like totally by chance. I was in like this Discord server for this like music account I followed that I didn't I didn't even like. And then some guy posted a a link to his server with like eleven people, and I was like, why not? 
I joined. I met my friends Kate and John completely by some random choice. I don't even know how different my love of film or my experience with it would be if I hadn't clicked on that link. And I met them. Took about six months before we met up in person because they were from New Hampshire and I'm from Boston. But that happened and we got to film a music video. Took four months (laughs) to put together because it was like... Really? Oh, wow. 300 clips of B-roll, yeah. And we still didn't have enough. <laughs> so we had to go back and film some more. But um, that was just such a crazy opportunity for me. It won second place at a jury prize in New Hampshire, I believe, which I didn't expect to win anything. So um, That's amazing. Yeah. You know, like, that's probably like, like one of the highlights of my life so far, just being able to be creative like that. Something I've always wanted. I love the song and and the imagery, the fact that you shot it in all black and white, the imagery just goes so well with the song. Thank you. I actually have two more shoots scheduled um, in the next couple months. Um, Kate at the moment is going to school for music in Florida. He is coming back up to New England in December. Um, He actually has a album releasing in a few weeks. He just sent me the Google Drive with oh, all the wow. songs. So I'm going to listen to one. He's told me to pick out a song that I can make a video for and draft up on storyboards. So I'm going to do that. And then he's coming back again in February. So there's going to be another. Like We got two more in the works right now. Oh, that's awesome. And they're, and they're all for Kate. Yes, they are. Actually, Kate, um, Kate, Kate has a, uh, a girlfriend named Amara, and she's in a band called cozy throne from new hampshire that i might do a video for as well oh that's great wow wow that is awesome when you're directing how are you handling all the mics so normally we'll have them lip sync it and then dub it over with the song and we did that but kate absolutely refused to um to lip sync in public because he was like Oh, what you can tell if I'm lip syncing or actually singing because of certain inflections in my in my throat and in my face. And I'm like, so what do you want to do? He's like, oh, I want to like actually sing it, and then you can still dub it over. I'm like, you're in the middle of Boston Gardens right now. He's like, yeah. <laughs> so most of that footage you see, he's like belting and screaming in the middle of the city. <laughs> it was just humiliating. It's cathartic. It's cathartic, Rilla. <laughs> it's a loud song, too. <laughs> well, but here's the thing. The artist got to play in front of an audience. It was a really sparse day. <laughs> there was, like, nobody there. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was just singing to the balcony. Pretty much. He was going for authentic. <laughs> so what have you negotiated for doing differently for the next two videos? I'm not sure. I think... I definitely want to do a different setting um, other than the city. I mean, I could very well do a city one. That's like my favorite place to film. But it really depends on the sort of vibe of the song. And I just, I need to get to know the song better. I actually need to listen to the album, period. I haven't. And before I get like a clear image of what I want the video to be. So I'm thinking it's going to be winter. Like, so if it's really gross and dirty and slushy out, we'll do like a more somber one or I'll pick it like a song for that. Or it could be a really happy one. We'll go to the ice skating rink 
take some footage like that. But overall, I'm just really excited at the um, the anticipation of it all. Like not knowing basically anything about what I'm going to do. It just makes it so exciting. Yeah, the spontaneity. Do you like to plan in advance and have everything kind of ready? Or do you like to just kind of do things by intuition and spontaneity with just kind of a skeletal outline of what you want to do? It's really a mix of both. Um, Exactly like you said, I like to have a skeleton, but then also leave some wiggle room. Like what I'll do is I'll storyboard and have a general idea. And then once we get there, I'll just check out the overall setting. Like a lot of the shots in The End of Us weren't planned and like when you saw it the inspiration was there yeah like when he's sitting on that thing in the middle of the lake i was like hey can you go go over there sit on that he's like what in the middle of the lake go yeah go over there he's like i'm gonna crack the ice i'm like well that'll make good for this shoot (laughs) (laughs) and he's and kate kate is five foot three so he he like couldn't get on to that (laughs) shot took like 10 minutes to film and it's like 10 seconds so you're asking a lot of the people who are being filmed to do things that kind of take into account your vision was he anxious like he was obviously anxious like what if the ice breaks (laughs) well no that was like it was pretty thick ice but i i try not to um you know I, i try not to push people that much and i rarely do but it's always just fun to see where the shoot goes and you know what people are comfortable with what will make them have the most fun what getting the most work done it's just a whole bunch of factors that go into a shoot like that that's a lot to take in to take in all those variables about what other people want because it's his song right like he's trying to market a certain brand for himself and you're trying to complete your own vision so you really do have to collaborate a lot well that's what's that's what's great about kate is that he basically gave me total creative control in terms of directing he gave our cinematographer john creative control and really just left the music up to himself like it was so amazing to work with a team that was just not competitive with with each other it was so much more collaborative than i'm used to it was just you know it was probably the most fun i've ever had on a shoot because, you know, trust is a huge factor in right. making a good video. That's what's so great about Cade. Oh, that's so cool. It's nice you're having those experiences now and you can kind of build on that. Yeah, and it's it's a stark change to what I used to have to deal with. I grew up, again, with not a lot of people with the same interests, but the very few who had kind of a similar interest were very competitive And every time I would, you know, make a little advancement for myself, do something, they wouldn't speak to me for a while. (laughs) Just like really toxic, not the kind of thing that nurtures creativity, just being shunned for doing something you want to do. So it was just such an awesome moment to just collaborate like that with that team. Right. You find people who can feel good about your successes. And what do you do, do you think, to support other people who are, you know, doing similar things that you are? Um, So I know a few kids much younger than me that want to do what I do. And 
it, it's taken me a long time to even just get to this little place. But I'd like to help any way I can because, again, I don't own film as an art form. Um, I want to see it grow and continue. So I've offered a bunch of freshmen to come with me to my, to my next shoot, maybe um, suggest some things for my storyboards, that kind of thing. I'm also a senior producer for my school's theater guild as well. So um, I really just want to make it a well, as welcoming as possible environment for freshmen and younger kids or new people, that kind of thing. That's great. You're already starting to mentor people. I hope so. Nice that you recognize that this early on. It takes people right. a long time. Oh, I know yeah. people who are like 20. <laughs> that, you know, don't <laughs> to be told. I know people who are much older than that, Rua. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, they, if they catch on by 25, 30, I'm feeling pretty good. And you're <laughs> doing it at 17. So I'm pretty excited about that. So... You've got your website. It, it's gotten you some visibility. Uh, you, you've made some connections and you, you've got potentially multiple music videos to direct. What What's the next step for you? I know when we talked initially, you had some really exciting opportunities um, that I think really speaks to the fact that you identified what you loved you found a way to step forward and and kind of you know put yourself out there on a platform and all of these other opportunities have kind of presented themselves just by the fact that you made that first step what are what are some of the um the upcoming uh things that are in store for you um so i actually um, have an upcoming job as a research assistant on an upcoming film that I am very excited for. <laughs> and I, you know, hope that follows through. What's the role of a research assistant? Um, fact checking, being on set, staying out of the way. I'm just, just to be on a set would be incredible. Well, and you recently just completed a BU summer program, correct? Yes. Was that more on the d- directing side or the the acting and singing? It was very much more on the acting side. It's theater, but I also learned design, directing, um, lighting, costume design, all that kind of stuff. It was a pretty all-around course. Well, that's a lot to cover in one summer. Oh, yeah. I, I loved it. What part was uh, a surprise to you? What did you think was the most enjoyable that you hadn't expected to be? Um, I really liked lighting design. It was weird. I never expected that. Yeah. Do you want to continue to do your blog site or is that something that is kind of a for now? I mean, I'm going to keep doing it no matter what. It's just something even like, even if I got zero views on everything, it's just something that I love to do. Do you find it's helpful just because it, it keeps you writing? Yes, absolutely. And I, I, I've put myself on a schedule to either write or edit. Um, at least, um, I like once, twice a week keeps me sharp, I guess. And I guess it is like a four now, but, um, I think I'm just always going to do it. Is that something you would want to do in the future is kind of write your own screenplay? Oh yeah, absolutely. I think I'm, I'm a lot more of a director than a writer. However, I've been writing short plays since I was like eight years old, uh, to put on little backyard shows for the neighborhood. So I'm no stranger to it, <laughs> at least the, uh, you know, more childish part of it. But yeah, I'd love to write something. What genre do you think you would approach? 
I love surrealist art house stuff. <laughs> like weird, weird stuff. Who are the directors that you most admire and why? Um, my number one has always been Stanley Kubrick. Um, but some, I also love David Lynch. Some lesser known ones, French filmmakers like Jacques Demi and Agnes Marta, who are actually um, husband and wife. And they, Jacques Demi especially, he made these super colorful, stylistic musicals. And um, my favorite one of his was actually the inspiration for La La Land. And I love when directors have a style that you can easily point out it's their movie, like Wes Anderson. You can look at something and be like, yeah, that's a Wes Anderson movie. So if you were to recommend a movie, what would you say is the movie I have most likely not watched that I should go watch? And it can't be on the list of 17, Rua. Oh, no, 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 no. (laughs) I would recommend probably uh, three. The Great Dictator by Charlie Chaplin. um, Dr. Strangelove by Stanley Kubrick. And Harold and Maude by Hal Ashby. I love Harold I and Maude. I love Maud. Harold and Maude. Oh my god, are you serious? So you're going to have to come up with a different third because we've both watched Harold and Maude. <laughs> oh, it's one of my favorite <laughs> movies. Harold and Maude is one of the best. It's so oh, it's so good. So you're still going to have to find a third for me. Oh my god. <laughs> come on, Rua. You've got over 2,000 movies you've watched. I know you can do I this. I do. Not a lot of them are like accessible or like bingeable. They're just like awful. <laughs> There's a lot of bad movies. <laughs> Um, oh, so they're not two over two thousand good movies, <laughs> right? Maybe like nine hundred good movies. Well, that's not a bad ratio, actually. I'm gonna say, I don't know. Oh, Paper Moon or Brazil by Terry Gilliam. Paper Moon or Brazil. Okay. So here's a question for you. Here's a movie that my uncle brought me to when I was little, and it was a 1966 film, The King of Hearts. Have you seen that one? I've never even heard of it. Okay. That I am going to make my recommendation to you because given all the ones you've given to me, I'm like, I think she'll like it. And it is along the lines of the Jojo Rabbit uh, humor in war. And it has a lot of the cabaret type quality to it that I think you'd like. I think you're going to like it. Yeah. I'm going to want to know... you may have to do a short blog on it just so I can see. <laughs> Watched it. Check my schedule. You can say, this is like the worst recommendation I ever got from somebody. Oh, absolutely. It won't be. Trust me. <laughs> You're like, no, I've had worse. <laughs> Rua, thank you so much. Yeah, Rua, thanks for being here. No problem. Thanks for having me. I'm definitely going to be looking for that um, review. <laughs> Of the King of Hearts. (laughs) I just want to be clear on that. It's an assignment. I know you've got school and all, but now I feel like I have two movies to watch, maybe four, given the list (laughs) you've given me. And uh, I only gave you one. And you've already watched over 2,000. So this is going to be easy peasy. Thanks so much for having me on. (laughs) This is such a blast. Helen, it was so much fun talking with Rua. What did you think of our conversation? You know, I love being at the beginning of a story. And I think Rua has a very big story to tell. And I can't wait to see how everything unfolds for her and the things she does and the places she goes. 
Um, one thing that really stuck out to me, well, actually there's two things that stuck out to me. One is her, her taste in, in films, the kind of the art house, eclectic, non-mainstream type of films that, that she really, really loves. Right. Um, And I've read a ton of essays on, on her, on her blog. And a lot of what I've read has made me want to go out and watch some of the movies she's talked about. But it, it's just funny to me how, uh, that the genre that she is really attracted to is so non-mainstream and it's just rare in somebody her age. And the, the thing that I absolutely loved is unlike her experience with her peers where there was a sense of competition and one-upmanship. Right. She is not succumbing to that and she is turning around and offering younger folks the opportunity to tag along on her on her video shoots and to be able to contribute. And I, and I think that says a lot about her as a person. And and I'm just so happy that we had an opportunity to talk with her. She is going to be such a great role model. Yeah. I'm I'm really excited for her. She is an amazing yeah. young woman. She'll be happy to know I did watch one of the movies she assigned to me. I watched Paper <laughs> Moon and I loved it. She's right. So Maureen, what what did you think of our conversation with Rua? Well, it's fascinating to me that Rua is really interested in being given direction when she's on stage. But when she's doing film, she likes to direct. So it's kind of like having both sides of the coin, but in the different environments. Being on stage, you get like that immediate gratification of the audience connecting with you. But as a director, it's kind of a delayed gratification and getting feedback indirectly. So I found that interesting. Yeah, I can't wait to check back in with her. So jump down to our show notes. We've got uh, a link to Rua's Cinemasters website, as well as a link to the first of what it sounds like many music videos she has and will be directing. So make sure to check Rua out. And um, I think that's it for this week, Maureen. Any last words? We'll be seeing you and it's not the end like at the end of a movie Helen <laughs> it's just see you next week okay <laughs>